I bring you Christian greetings this morning. It's good to be with you all again this morning. And yet, as Dale mentioned about surgery, I am scheduled, most of you I believe already heard, but I'm scheduled for surgery on Wednesday, something that the hernia I've had for a number of years and kept pushing it down the road until it started causing me more pain and now it's scheduled, so... Yeah, thank you, or I appreciate your your prayers. For a message this morning, I'd like to start with a little bit of Bible trivia and give you all an opportunity to, I'd like to hear a response from you. So I have a few questions. I want to talk about a word this morning that is found 16 times in the King James Version, it's only mentioned, this word, this exact word is only mentioned in the Old Testament, but it's referred to as well in the New Testament, just not this exact word. So 16 times, it's a character trait that I believe everybody appreciates when it's seen in others. When people have this character trait, it's something that people admire or appreciate. I believe we would all say we, we want this to be part of our lives. I believe every one of us here have this as part of our lives, but something that's sometimes we're tested with things where it's difficult to always live this out in our lives. At least it is sometimes in my own life. So we appreciate it in others, sometimes always hard to live out in our own life. God mentioned a few people by name in the Old Testament that carried this or that it was evident in their life. I know this might be a little hard to narrow down, but I'm curious if any words come to your mind yet. Patience. Patience. It's a good word. It's not the one I have in mind. Another good one, but not the one I have in mind. I... I didn't actually, I mean, those words, I'm not sure how many times they're, they're mentioned. We live in a society where this is really going downhill. If you contact or if you have someone do business or you're doing business with someone, you really appreciate if they're a business that has it. Integrity, yes. That's the word I want to talk about this morning. And another clue I thought about giving was Matt actually talked about this word in last Sunday morning's devotional. Talked about integrity and about a verse in Proverbs. And as you shared that, Matt, my mind was already going. I knew I'm on for the message this Sunday, and that's where I was already planning to go when I, when I heard that. I, I liked it. The men that God mentioned, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, or I plan to anyway, Job and David were two specific men where God called them out by name and referred to them as men of integrity. So a question I have as well, what is integrity? We probably all have an idea, or most of us have an idea what integrity is. And I have decided to use PowerPoint this morning, and I have a few definitions of integrity that I want to look at. 
The first one, the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. So we all appreciate honesty, right? We appreciate when someone has strong moral principles. And the Hebrew word, the Hebrew word translated integrity means the condition of being without blemish, completeness, perfection, sincerity, soundness, upright, uprightness, and wholeness. And as I mentioned, it's this word integrity in the King James Version is found 16 times. I looked in the ESV, it's a, it's, it's a number of, it's quite a bit more in the English Standard Version, I think even listed in the New Testament in the ESV. Like I said, it's, the King James doesn't list it in the New Testament, but it is referred to. Integrity, another definition would be integrity is being the same on the inside as on the outside. Integrity is doing the right thing even when no one is watching. So integrity is different than reputation. It's possible to have a good reputation and not really have true integrity, right? Sometimes we might look up to someone and we think well of someone and we find out later they were living a double life. So they really didn't have true, or they really were not a person of integrity. Sometimes I think about security cameras and cameras are, they cut down on a lot of theft at times, but there's a lot of people that, you know, if they know someone's watching or if they know on camera, their behavior will be different than if no one was watching. Well, that's, they're, they're lacking integrity. I would like to have two volunteers this morning to come forward, and I want to use a little object lesson. So, you raising your hand, Bo? You can come forward. Who else is brave to come forward? Joe Ash. Thank you guys very much. And I have some Hershey's chocolate here this morning. And I would like each of you to open your, this chocolate bar. You can do that right now while, while you can hold it up high and everyone watch you open it. Does that, does that look pretty good, Joe Ash? Yeah. yeah? What about you, Bo? Does that look pretty good? Why not? It's a piece of wood. You wouldn't want to eat that piece of wood? Would have you guessed from the outside that there was a piece of wood in there? You, you would have guessed that? Or not, not necessarily, right? Yeah, but the, it looked good, right? From the outside? No, it, the, the exact same wrapper was on this one. So what did you get there, Joash? Some chocolate. Is that what you were expecting to find? You weren't expecting to find the chocolate? Well, from the wrapper, it appeared that, you know, all was well, right? Looked like some genuine Hershey's chocolate. And the one was, and the one wasn't. So what I, the reason I called you guys up here and used this, sometimes in our lives, we, are, we look good on the outside, but on the inside, we have plywood. We're not genuine. We're not the real deal. God wants us 
to be the real deal. He wants what's on the outside to match what's on the inside. I'll take that piece of wood. You guys can go back to your seat. But after the service, you guys were brave enough, and maybe I'll include all the children. Here's maybe what I'll do. If you can come to me after the service and tell me something you remember about the message, I'll let you all have a little piece of chocolate. Is that fair? You guys can have a seat. Thank you very much. So I'm going to keep this piece of wood up here this morning and keep the chocolate up here. I do have some more chocolate tucked behind the pulpit here, so I'll share that, like I said, with you all who can remember something from the message. So sometimes, like I said, we are, or it's, it's hard to always have our inside match the outside, right? We all look good this morning, we're dressed well, and I trust this morning I'm talking to a lot of people, or all people who are people of integrity. But I know in my own life, sometimes it's hard, whether business, whether, you know, go through, go through things where you're tested. Are you really going to be a person of integrity? Will our inside and outside match? So the title this morning is Walking with Integrity. And the reason I have the word walking, there is a Bible verse that I want to put up here shortly. And what I really want to drive home this morning is I want us to walk in integrity so that we can walk securely. I have a verse up there. Proverbs 10 verse 9 says this. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely. But he that perverteth his ways shall be known. In the ESV, it says this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his way crooked will be found out. So another word that could be put on for the title is living with integrity. But I have the word walking. Thinking about this proverb here. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely. But he who makes his way ways crooked will be found out so there are many people that are that unfortunately that are more concerned about their reputation than they are about living with integrity and sometimes people can put on a front for a while and maybe even fool a lot of people but one day if they make their way crooked they will be found out There was a mother that was telling her young son how important it is to tell the truth. She was talking to him one day and she said, son, even if you tell a lie to your dad or to to me as your mother, even if you tell us a lie and we don't know that you're lying, there's someone who still knows. God knows. God is watching over us. He knows when we're lying. And the son thought about this for a little bit, and he asked, but will he tell? (laughs) Might be a little humorous. Will God tell? Well, there's a lot of people that maybe live with with that, you know, thinking if they can get away with it from man, that they don't really think about, you know, all my actions, everything I see, everything I do is being seen by God. And even though I can fool people for a time, what really matters is, 
is what God sees. Revelation 20 tells us, tells us that there is a day when every one of us, there's a day coming when every one of us will stand before God and the books are going to be open. Do you know that you're writing a book with your life? In a sense, a book is being written, being recorded in heaven. Every day that we live, our life is being recorded. God is recording our life. So when we stand before God on Judgment Day, the, books is gonna, the book is going to be opened and we're going to be judged for the way we lived our life. That's pretty sobering to think about. The book being opened, everything's going to be exposed and we're going to be judged for how we lived our life. So it really matters. What's more important than my reputation is about being a man or a woman of integrity. Our inside matching our outside. Because we cannot fool God. But one who walks in integrity walks securely. And I want to look, look at that a little bit this morning. And the one who makes his way crooked, well, his ways will be found out. There was a survey done and from a book it says that the day America told the truth, it tells a survey that was taken that reveals or exposes the lack of integrity in America. And I want to look at a few of those statistics before we get into the text this morning. So what happens when integrity is lost? And I'm going to go through a few of those, a few examples here quickly. It is said from this survey only 13% of Americans said they see all, to, all Ten Commandments as binding today. I'm not exactly sure when this survey was done. I know it was a number of years ago, so it likely is even lower today. Only 13% see the Ten Commandments as binding for us today. Now, when that happens, when people no longer see God's word as something that applies today, integrity disappears very quickly, and we'll see that. 91% admitted to lying regularly at home and at work. 91%. Thinking about the lack of integrity. Most workers admitted to goofing off on the job about seven hours a week. Fifty percent of employees admitted to regularly calling off sick for work when they were perfectly well. For those of you who have ever ever had employees or co-workers that you knew know do that, that's frustrating when, you know, no, they they're just uh, they want to do something else. So they they call in sick, a lack of integrity. When asked what they would be willing to do for $10 million, I just listed a couple of them. I didn't even, not even, I don't even want to put some of these up here on the wall, what some of them agreed to what they would do because of a lack of, or for $10 million. Here's just a few. 25% said they would abandon their families for $10 million. Again, thinking about the lack of integrity. 7% said they would kill a stranger. So for $10 million, they would take a stranger's life. And there was, this list was longer, but I, I don't 
feel the need to go through a longer list. But thinking about the lack of integrity in society, how integrity is disappearing. Our society is, I would still think of it as fairly safe in, in general. Um, fairly safe to go to the park with your family, for your children to go out and walking around. But I had to think, if all the laws were gone, if there was no restrictions of what man could do, it would be a very dangerous place. See, it's not so much that people are... Uh, respecting others and being kind to others for the most part because they have integrity. It's more because of of the law and and what they are not allowed to do or what would happen if they they broke the law. So it's not necessarily integrity that's really holding society together. It's, you know, because of the laws that are in place overall. Uh, Let me go back here a little bit yet. There was also a, f- a few more statistics that, statistics that I want to look at yet. So we're going through the book, The Disciplines of a Godly Man. I know many of you men are reading through that. And the next chapter for us to go through is The Discipline of Integrity. And some of these statistics I got out of there as well. And, you know, some of the ones that I went through seem like, you know, pretty far out there, like something that we would, we would never do some of those things. But then the sobering part or the chilling part was some of these surveys were done among religious people and non-religious people, and they found very similar statistics. That's pretty sobering. And some of these are, maybe some of these are more minor, but it says Christians are almost as likely to falsify tax returns, commit plagiarism, which I had to look up that word, it's my understanding is it's using someone else's what what they've uh, someone else's resources or what someone else has done and, and basically owning it for yourself, like stealing that from them. Christians are almost as likely to bribe to obtain a building permit. Be looking at that soon, probably. Ignore construction specs, illegally copy a computer program, steal time exaggerate a product, tell people what they want to hear, and selectively obey the laws. So some of those are pretty sobering. I'm not here to sort through some of those. I realize there are some laws in place where for men to do some of their jobs, it's it's almost impossible to hold every little uh, law to to the fullest detail. But thinking about integrity or the lack thereof, what are we, how are we as Christians, are we following the pattern of the world with following the, the lack of integrity or are we living the best that we can as a, or living a life of integrity to the best that we can? So walking in integrity this morning, I would like to look at three points. And the first one is the choice. Secondly, the price And thirdly, the blessings. I want to go through these three points in the message. So the choice. Living a life of integrity or walking in integrity is something that I believe every day we make choices. We make choices 
many, many small choices, some bigger choices, whether or not we're going to be a person of integrity. And I put that picture up there thinking about which road or which path will you take? The world or society many times chooses the easiest road. They will say what people want to hear. They will say what keeps them out of trouble. They will say um, what they would call white lies many times. You know, if, if it's a lie to protect someone or protect themselves, they'll, they'll take the easy way. The path of integrity takes the right way. It goes on the, the path that is true. You can probably all think of people that you've talked to, maybe you maybe even know some people well where their life has because of the decisions they made, the paths that they have taken, you cannot really trust them. And to my shame in my younger years, I came to a place in my life where I could not be trusted. Sadly, I lied to my parents' face many times. My parents could not trust me. I lied to many people. I took the path that was the the easiest path. And what's so sad about this, trust can be lost just like that. If you know someone's lying, well, how are you to believe that they're not going to lie to you again? I've had sometimes customers, sometimes other people... In conversations, they'll, they'll talk about, well, you know, this happened. But I've, I said this, but, you know, in their opinion, or in their mind, it, it's this small little detail. It was easier to lie about it. But what that does immediately to me, it's like, okay, so this person, there, there's, there's integrity that is lacking. So right there, it's, it's hard for me to fully trust that person. I don't believe that they're always lying to me. But there's that trust that is broken. And thankfully, trust can be rebuilt. But it takes a long time. It can be broken very fast. And it takes a long time for that to be restored. And there were many people that I had to go back to and say, I'm sorry, I lied. I'm sorry I was not uh, living a life of integrity. And that's not easy to do. But it is a choice that each one of us will be faced with. One thing integrity is not. Integrity is not, or I have it down here. Integrity is not perfection. If every one of us are honest this morning, we would have to say, no, we haven't always been 100% living with integrity, right? We've failed. What blesses me is I was studying for this message and thinking about integrity. If God could call out David and say, here's a man of integrity... When, when God said David is a man of integrity, he was actually talking to Solomon and saying and, and bragging about David, his father, and calling him a man of integrity. That's encouraging to me because we know David was not a perfect man. And Job was another man where God called him out and said, here's a man of integrity. Can God say that about you and I this morning? If God's in conversation, would he say, uh, Burnell, he's a man of integrity. Look at the life of Burnell and how, how sweet it would be of God to be able to say that of us. Here is a man or here is a woman of integrity. Not perfect. But see, God can see right into our heart. And when we fail, 
The choice is ours. What are we going to do? Or every, I mean, there's many decisions that we make. Which one will we choose? The path of integrity or the, uh, the path of least resistance? So Jesus is the perfect model of integrity. We can look at how he lived his life. When he faced temptation, he did not yield to temptation. He was the one that lived it to perfection. Now, thinking about the life of David, you can turn with me to, in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 12. I'm going to look at a few passages here briefly. 2 Samuel chapter 12. So here is the passage where we know David sinned with Bathsheba and David was being confronted by Nathan. So one day... God spoke to Nathan and told Nathan to go to David and confront him for his sin. So Nathan goes to David and tells David the story about a man, a rich man and a poor man. And he says there was a rich man who had a lot of sheep. He was a very wealthy man. And one day this rich man got a visitor and this rich man wanted to make some food for his visitor And so this rich man had many sheep, but there was a poor man that lived close by. And this poor man had one sheep that he cared for very dearly. This sheep, this one sheep that the poor man had was this man's, this poor man's treasured pet. This man cared for his sheep. But do you know what this rich man does? Instead of taking from his many sheep, taking one sheep from his flock of many, he goes to the poor man And takes his only pet sheep that he had to feed his visitor. Is that right? No. When David heard this, he got very angry. And he said, that man needs to die for what he has done. And do you know what happened? Nathan says, David, you're that man. See, David took another man's wife. David was a, he was king. He was very wealthy. He had so much and yet, he took a wife, or took, he took a woman that was already married, had her husband killed in battle, and David had sinned, and Nathan was confronting David. What I want to, for all of us to note this morning, for the sake of time, I'll just start reading here at verse 7 in 2 Samuel chapter 12. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I appointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wives unto thy bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. I'll just stop reading there. So Nathan's saying, you you had it all. And if you wanted more, I would have given you more. But... You are the man, you are like this rich man that took the sheep from the poor man. And then verse 13, I want to note. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, the Lord also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. And I'm going to put part of this verse up here on the wall. This is very key for living a life of integrity. So when we do fail, when we do fall short, can we say as David did, I have sinned against the Lord. And if we cannot come to that place, we cannot continue on living a life of integrity. So the choice is ours. Will we 
confess as David did, we have sinned. We need the grace of God. We need the blood of Jesus to cleanse us from our sin. We cannot live a life of integrity without the blood of Jesus cleansing us. And David confessed his sin. He repented. And if you want to read a beautiful psalm, Psalm 51 is a a psalm of David just crying out to God in repentance for his sin. We need to move here quickly for the sake of time. Psalm 101, we're not going to turn there for the sake of time as well, but Psalm 101 is a beautiful psalm of David thinking about not a man without sin. I mean, he he had sinned, but he confessed it and he writes a beautiful Psalm 101. He, He made a few commitments in this psalm. He says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. A froward heart shall depart from me. Those are a few of the things that come from Psalm 101. Now, turn to Acts chapter 5. I'd like to look at a few verses there. Acts chapter 5. So we have the early church taking place here. There's a beautiful thing happening. People are repenting. Their sins are turning to Jesus. This is soon after Pentecost. And the church is rapidly growing. Beautiful things are happening. People are selling their property they're selling their possessions and they're bringing it together to the church and saying they're dividing it up so so the ones that are poor are helped out they're dividing their their goods together it's a beautiful thing that's taking place but we have ananias and sapphira they sold some possession and i'll read i'll just read verses one through five here acts chapter five verses one through five But a certain man named Ananias and with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession and kept back part of the price, his wife also being privy to to it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled thine heart to lie to the Holy Ghost to keep back part of of the price of the land? While it remained, was it not thine own? And after it was sold, was it not in thine own power? Why hast thou conceived this thing in thine heart? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So here we have strict judgment coming upon Ananias. And Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and gave up the ghost. And great fear came upon all them that heard these things. So Ananias was killed because he lied. Now, I look at a passage like this and it's... It's easy to th- for me to think, like, why was he judged so strictly for that? But great fear came upon the church because of that. It was very a sobering time for the church. Now, why that was all done so strictly, but we can learn from it. The choice, Ananias and Sapphira, they had a choice. So a little bit later, Sapphira comes in and Saint she lies as well, and she dies. We are all faced with the choice are we going to, to be men and women of our word or be judged as Ananias and Sapphira were? So again on the wall, thinking about the, the contrast here between David and Ananias and Sapphira. So David said, I have sinned against the Lord and Ananias and Sapphira chose to lie and they are confronted and said, thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. So when we say a lie or when we're putting on a false impression, 
It's not just to, to the mankind that we're doing it to. It's, it's really to God. What really matters is if we are being honest with God. So I ask myself the question, I ask you the question this morning, are we men and women of integrity? A few things I noted here. What about children to your parents? Do you speak truth? Parents to children, are you a parent that is showing integrity to your children? What about in marriage? Are you living a life of integrity to your spouse? Are you being transparent with one another? What about in business? Are you being fair to your employer? If you're an employer, being fair to your employees? Or you, uh, do you uh, walk with integrity with your customers? What about the church body? Are you living a life or walking with, in, <clears throat> with integrity in the local body? What about throughout the week versus a Sunday morning? Does your life throughout the week match with the life of a Sunday morning. And I trust that none of us are coming to church with just putting on a, a front or making the outside look good, but really inside we're just, you know, this, this piece of wood. We're really not genuine. And I trust, again, I'm speaking to a lot of people who are striving to live with integrity. But I want to encourage each of you to continue to take the path, make the choice to live with integrity. I won't go spend as much time on these, some of these next points. I'm just going to have to uh, cut out some content. So the price. There's a proverb here. It says, better is a poor man who walks in his integrity than, than a rich man who is crooked in his ways. What I understand from this proverb, there are times in business that you cannot make the same amount of money being a person of integrity than you can if there's no integrity there. Someone that lacks integrity in business doesn't care so much whether or not he's being fair. He's more concerned about padding his pocket, you know, putting the extra cash away where he can. A few statistics here very quickly says regarding employee and theft. This comes from that book, The Disciplines of a Godly Man. According to the American Psychological Association, the authors pointed out that inventory shortages cost department stores and specialty chain stores about $8 billion every year. So inventory shortages for department stores and specialty chains cost them about $8 billion every year. 10% is attributed to clerical error, 30% to shoplifting, and a whopping 60% or 16 million per day to employee theft. Think about the lack of integrity in business. So thinking about people patting their pocket where they can, whether it's through theft, uh, you know, unfair business dealings, people are, there's many people that are quick to do that. So the American culture, again, thinking about the lack of integrity, it's in big trouble. And we're in end of February. Tax season is upon us. You know, are we being fair on our taxes? Are we, are our statistics very close to that of the world where we, where we cheat on our taxes where we can? 
Now, I'm, it, it's okay, I believe, to do taxes wisely. So we can uh, count things as a business, business expense where it's a legitimate business expense, where, it's, where we're allowed to do it. But are we falsifying our tax returns? Are we doing it fairly? Do we walk in integrity in this area? And sometimes a, a person of in complete integrity may face rejection by others. Daniel 6, you can read there, sake of time, I'm going to keep moving, but Daniel was a man of integrity, and he was put in charge of, uh, under the king, he was given a, a lot, of, was placed in his hands, and there were men that were jealous of him. And they made this decree, or they went to the king and had the king, <clears throat> excuse me, sign the decree that if people don't worship the king only, that they, they should be thrown into the den of lions. See, they were jealous of, da- of, of Daniel. They were examining his life to, to find something about him, to, to come up with something against him, but they could not. Daniel was a man of integrity. He lived a sincere life, and they came up with this. The only way they could get him is because Daniel prayed to God that they could get him thrown in the den of lions for, for not uh, worshiping the king. There is a day coming when thinking about all the deception that people are living or the lack of integrity. There's a day coming when everything is going to be made right. Romans 12, 19 says, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. So God sees everything. Man cannot hide from God. Romans six twenty three says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So in the end, integrity wins. Maybe we won't be as wealthy as we could be as someone who lacks integrity in business, but integrity wins. Now, I do want to continue on. This is, the, this, is a, this is a fun part, and I'm going to make this quick. But the blessings of integrity. So I have this broken down under two sub-points underneath this. So personal blessings. What we can experience personally when we live a life of integrity. One is a clear conscience. When I turn my life around, when I surrender my life to Christ and chose to walk a, a life, to live a life of integrity, it was a beautiful thing to lay my head down on the pillow at night with a clear conscience. If you can lay down at night and sleep with a clear conscience, that is, that's invaluable. It is a beautiful, beautiful thing. I have a picture of a sunset there. There were times when I was not living a life of integrity. I would fear, what if I die in my sleep? What if Christ returns and I'm, and I'm not ready? That was a fearful thing. But a personal blessing of a life of integrity is, one of them is a clear conscience. Another one is intimacy with God. So no longer are we separated from God. We can commune with God. We can go to God in prayer. We can communicate with God. We can have that relationship. Psalm 51 verse 6 says, Behold, and this is a Psalm of David in his in Psalm of Repentance. He said, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part shalt thou make me to know wisdom. God wants us to be truthful inside. He's not so concerned about the externals as much as he is someone being genuine inside and out. And then integrity blesses others. 
And I just have a few of these down. A trustworthy person. Contrast that with a person that you cannot trust. Isn't it such a wonderful thing to go to someone that you know you can trust? To, whether it's through business or friendship, you know they are a sincere person. A person with integrity is a trustworthy person, and it is, it's really a, it's a breath of fresh air to have people who we can trust. Sadly, I believe because of society, there are many people that grow up without anyone that they can really trust. I can't imagine how that would be without having anyone to go to that I can really trust. And then a rule model. So thinking about integrity blessing others. You probably all have a rule model or maybe rule models, some people that you look up to. And likely every one of you have someone that is watching you. And if you are living a life of integrity, you are a rule model that they can continue to look up to. What a blessing it is to have a godly rule model. And then I have this verse here. This is the verse that Matt talked about last Sunday. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. For parents, if you are living a life of integrity, your children will be blessed after you. They will have a path or a rule model to follow. I can't quite imagine a society where there was complete integrity. We, we, we won't have that. But can you, I was thinking about this a little bit. If there was complete integrity in society, there wouldn't have to be any surveillance cameras, at least for, for watching people, right? There'd be no theft taking place. What about airports? You wouldn't have to have any security if there was complete integrity. You could walk right onto the airplane. No one's going to harm you. Not with people that have integrity. Uh, locking doors. There'd be no reason to lock a door to keep people out of your house or your, your business. Because complete integrity, they wouldn't even think about, you know, taking what's not theirs. What about passwords to protect? Anyone get tired of passwords and trying to remember all the passwords? <laughs> well, there'd be no reason to have all these passwords because... What's, what's your personal stuff? I have no, no interest in finding or trying to hack into your account and trying to get anything. You won't need anything like that. No, no lawsuits, no people trying to sue each other. This world would be quite different, but we won't get there. We'll experience that in, in heaven, but this side of that, we will never experience the beauty of that. So in conclusion... Again, I want us to walk in integrity so that we can walk securely. How many of you want to walk securely in life? We want to walk securely, right? Well, we can do that by living a life of integrity. I talked about the, the price that comes with it. I talked about maybe a little bit of the negative side, like we won't be able to maybe make as much financially. But there are the blessings far outweigh the, the price that we might pay. On the flip side of that... It can go the other way in business as well. Like the Amish, for example, overall, they're looked up to as, you know, being people of integrity. I know many, or sometimes that's not the case, but overall, they have that, that they have that uh, reputation. And people enjoy doing business with it, someone that they can trust. Someone with integrity, people are sometimes uh, better off financially in that way as well. So again, thinking about the three points, the choice. So I'm going to, again, use these 
these uh, candy bars, the wrappers, to, to think about our life. I want us to all think internally about our life. Are you genuine or is it just wood on the inside? And may we together be encouraged to be sincere in our relationship with God and our relationship with others, to be genuine, same inside as what people see on the outside. The price, again, think it's not always easy, but it is the path that leads to, to peace, the, the blessings the blessings that come with it. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Will you walk securely? So more importantly than our reputation, what people think of us is what more importantly is our, whether or not we are a person of integrity. What we look at, what we do, is it showing that we are a life of, or living a life of integrity. So this morning, I want to just ask each of you, Will you commit to living a life of integrity? To walking a life of integrity? I don't know if God has pointed anything specific out to you or not, but even as I was preparing this message for myself, there's many times where I don't live with integrity as I should. Not that I'm out there living a double life, but it, it, it is hard sometimes to always be living a life of integrity. And this week, as we go throughout each day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we're going to make choices. And which path will you take? Will you take the path of integrity? Or are you going to take the path that's easiest in the moment? And may we be men and women who take the path of integrity. So God bless you as you walk with integrity. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples in scripture of men and women who walked with integrity. I pray that each one of us would choose the path of integrity. Help us to be honest when we fail, to confess it to you, and if it's appropriate or if we need to confess to others where we have failed, I pray that we'll be willing to do that so that we can live with a clear conscience, so that we can continue to live a life that is what that is that brings peace and knowing you knowing that uh, it is clear between us uh, that, that our relationship is real and we don't have to put on a front help each one of us to be genuine we just ask this in jesus name amen